Heavenly Father, we are so blessed, Lord, that we that you have given us yet another day, Lord, to come and not only worship, but also to meditate on your word that is preserved for us, Lord, a light for us that guides us through our lives, Lord, that reveals to us your awesome love towards us, that you have called us in, into a, a calling, Lord, that is far above all things that we could even imagine. And we are looking forward, Lord, with what you will do with us, Lord, not only in, in this present day and age, Lord, but also what is to come. We anticipate awesome things, Lord, as we can observe your awesome creation around us. And so we, we have confidence, Lord, because you have shown your love through Christ, yourself coming down from heaven into our presence, Lord, to assure us of your love in spite of our unworthiness, of our sinfulness, Lord. You have died for us. And Lord, we pray for those who may not have yet embraced this invitation, Lord, to come to thee. We pray that there will be yet time left, Lord, and we would be part of a reflection of your love, Lord, so that they could embrace that offering that you have made to each and every one in this world, Lord, that is created in your image to embrace your gospel, Lord, that would bring us into relationship with you. Lord, we pray for those who are unable to attend this morning whether in this church or other churches, Lord, to celebrate this special day, the seventh day, Lord, that you have created for us to focus on your word, to focus on your calling. We pray that you will be a comfort in their loneliness, Lord, and then you will be a comfort, Lord, and perhaps in their, in their pain, in, in their sufferings, Lord. We pray that you would allow them to see that even even in these circumstances, you have a plan for them. Lord, and we pray that we would be able to be also a, a help in whatever there we see a need, Lord, in, in our neighborhoods, in, in our families, whatever. Lord, we pray for those who have decided not to seek thee, Lord, that there, that there will be uh, an opportunity yet left, Lord. We plead for that. We plead for showers right now in, in this morning hour, Lord, that you would open our hearts to a meditation on your word, that each one would be able to meditate on your word, Lord, and uh, take a lesson, Lord, from what you have to tell us, each and every one separately. To, in, in order for us to be closer to thee, to get to know thee that much closer. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have to apologize right uh, at the beginning uh, for going back to, uh, I think it was five weeks ago, uh, when I was... Meditating on, on Ephesians chapter 1, 
And I know that some of you were not here, but some were here, so uh, I apologize. I was going to go to 14 verses, uh, and uh, I only went through maybe three or four verses, so I will skip, not skip, but kind of touch very lightly on those four verses and to just uh, continue it, and uh, it, it will be different anyway, because I could not remember what, what it exactly it was that, uh, in detail. So um, bear with me, those of you that were here. So it's, it's uh, Ephesians chapter 1. And uh, as you may remember, uh, my focus was on, on the Holy Spirit rather than just looking at this chapter as an introduction to the epistle to the Ephesians. It's, it's actually, actually very dense in, in, in theology that is rather hard to unpack, at least for me. Uh, and so uh, bear with me as, as I uh, try, my, with the help of God, to uh, look at some of these verses. And I, as, as in the past, I'm just going to read a few verses at a time because otherwise we kind of lose the context. Starting with verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, which were at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And we kind of focused uh, on, on a lot of details because not, that is my, uh, just more recent, I think, that, that I'm, I'm interested in almost each word that's there and try to, to uh, see it what, what was the intention of the writer to actually use the words that they're using? And of course, it's, it's very difficult because it's written, thought of in Hebrew and written in Greek, and, and then Greek was different back then. It was later on when they actually uh, put the book together. And, and so we're, we're still struggling with some of the details. So it, it's, it can be perhaps a rabbit hole if we go too close in, in looking at each individual word, but I think they're there for a reason. And so uh, we, we're talking about uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And he, he's doing this in almost all the epistles and all the letters he writes to the different churches. He, he's, he's writing, uh, that he's telling them that he is an apostle, not because he went to uh, you know, a seminary or, or whatever. He's an apostle because God made him an apostle whether he wanted or not. So it's very different, really. We, we come back to that later on. It's really an important point that he makes. He was told by God to be an apostle, to be the, the messenger to the Gentiles. And, and he, he really didn't have much of a choice because he was thrown from... The horse, he was blinded, and his future was essentially gone the way he saw it. He was changed uh, because uh, 
he only got his sight back after he agreed to become an apostle. Or maybe he didn't agree, but he, he accepted the, the calling at that point. And so he, he writes this to, to whoever uh, he writes to, or almost in all the letters uh, that he writes, to the saints at Ephesus, like to us, to, to, to the believers, the ones that have received Jesus Christ as their Savior, and, and grafted into the covenant of the, of the gospel. He makes that clear to you know, almost all the letters. And grace be to you, a peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it, he uses that verse multiple times, grace. He, he, he kind of uh, lets people know when he, when he writes to them that, you know, uh, my prayer is that, that you that you actually focus on the goodness and the love of God so that they are encouraged actually to, to continue focusing on the words that he writes. And then verse 3 is probably the, the most important verse, uh, at least in this chapter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Well, that's... It, it's a, a long verse, and then is a, a, at least in my Bible, is a colon there. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I'm just understanding the Greek, not, not in my Bible, but in the Greek, that this is all one verse up to verse 14. There is no punctuation there. Uh, because it, it, there are many thoughts in there. And, and so they, they well, like, like the rest of the, of the Bible, somebody in whatever, uh, AD 500 or whatever, put some uh, verses there and, and punctuation. And so it's easy for us to, to, to memorize and, and, and locate. But when he says, Blessed be a God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. What he's saying to us is we have blessings that are not necessarily related to this earth or most likely not on earthly things. The blessings are in heavenly places. That's where our focus should be. The blessings that, that we have because we have seen the light. We have, we have received the gospel. We, we were transformed by it. He's talking to saints, to those who have become believers. And most of us are, are, are believers here. So he's talking to us to focus on the blessings that are in Christ, with Christ. And of course, uh, I, I got drawn to this passage because of, uh, uh, of, of what that was probably in May, I, I think, uh, when, when Pentecost was, and nobody was talking about Pentecost, whether on the radio or, or in church. Or, and, and I thought this was, this is really strange that we don't, that we don't really celebrate Pentecost more than what we do because it's monumental. 
It's when the Holy Spirit, the, Jesus went as a, a physical person, God and man, and he left his man presence on this earth on the cross or in a grave. Yes, he rose bodily, but he was, he was transformed into a different being. Yes, he, he ate, and so did angels with, with Abraham. Uh, the angel we, we, talk, we looked at this morning in, in Bible study, uh, he didn't eat. He just uh, made a gesture, and, and the, the offering, the meal that the, the was offered there by, by Gideon was, was just burned up. Uh, but we also know that some of the angels actually could eat. So the, the appearance, uh, the bodily appearance of Christ was real. He asked the disciples to come and touch him. Uh, I'm not a ghost, he told them. In other words, what he's saying there, if I understand this right, uh, I'm not a fictitious uh, being. I'm, I'm totally real. I was real, and I'm still real. And then he tells them later on, when I ascend, I will send the Holy Spirit to you, the Comforter. And it, we'll, we'll go into that later on in, in, in uh, the last verse here that, that we're going to look at. And so uh, it's, the, it's the blessings that we share through the, the interactions of the Holy Spirit that we need to focus on because when we, when we compare this, uh, to the blessings that in an Abrahamic covenant, it, what we can call it Abrahamic covenant, uh, maybe it was already started with Noah, uh, all the blessings that we, we read there is about blessings on this earth. Um, and I have, I have a few uh, passages that uh, I, I looked up uh, in uh, Jeremiah, uh, In 31, I can find it, 31, 31. Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, says the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. It, he's, he's referring, Jeremiah is referring to, uh, as, as a prophecy to the new covenant that comes with Jesus Christ promising the Holy Spirit to us, a spiritual covenant, whereas the old covenant was about a, a blessing in the present world. It was told them, if you keep my, if you keep my laws, if you keep my, my instructions in, in, in a Torah, then you will be not only entering the land of milk and honey, you will be protected. You, you will have all that you need. That, that was the blessing. They didn't have necessarily a spiritual blessing. Well, some prophets, and like David, he, he understood that. And, and, uh, but there were very few 
uh, of all the Israelites that uh, actually saw this as a spiritual blessing. They, they understood that if they would actually follow the, the laws that they were given to obey as a, as a uh, like a messenger planted into this world so that at, at the right time when Jesus would come, there would be a people there, the Israelites, so the Jews at that point, to actually uh, be the, the messengers of the Lord himself coming. That was the preparation for the whole world. They were chosen by the Lord to be a special people, like, like uh, a nation of, of uh, John the Baptist. Uh, people in, in a desert of, of the whole nations that were, were in, in idolatry, like we're today, they were, they were to be a special people, and their task was just to follow the orders of God. That that's what they're calling. And now, we switch to a new covenant, and the old covenant, we saw there was, uh, Israel was led out of Egypt. God took him out of Egypt, uh, out, uh, out of oppression and, and slavery. And then uh, a few days later, he gave them the Torah, the law that they were to follow. And on, on the same, essentially on the same day on a Jewish calendar, the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2. The Holy Spirit descended on the, on the apostles. And that's our Pentecost. The Pentecost that the Jews celebrate, and there is a few days different because of our calendars are different. Pentecost of the Jews is the giving of the Torah. And the Pentecost we celebrate is the giving of the Holy Spirit. And so when, when the apostle writes to the Ephesians that uh, we have these blessings that are related to what God does in heaven as well as on earth. There are, we really need to separate these things. Most likely, they are not going to be blessings in an earthly way. Now, when we think of, of people like Johnny Erickson Tata, she was very sportive. She was, uh, I think, horse riding and all kinds of things. And at 17 or 18, and some very early in her life, she, she um, <clears throat> had an accident, jumping in a pool, become a, became a quadriplegic, and <clears throat> lift, excuse me, my, because of my medications, my, my voice tends to, to go. Uh, <clears throat> so she became a paraplegic and lived her whole life. And just recently I heard her talk on, on radio that it, it is really difficult to go through an entire life as a quadriplegic. It, it, it's, it's really difficult to do that. And did she have earthly blessings? Well, I'm sure she has to look for it. She has a lot of spiritual blessings. So it, it's, not, it's not that we are guaranteed blessings in this earth. Yeah, sometimes we are, and that, that can be actually become a problem. 
when there are too many earthly blessings, we see that in, in, in the Old Testament over and over again. When things were good in, 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 with Israel, they, they, they fell apart in following God's instructions. And we don't have to follow God's instructions because the Holy Spirit is really given to us. It, 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 it is in us and written in our hearts as we, we read in Jeremiah. And so we, we, we can be reminded on a daily basis that no matter what happens, the, the, the ugly things that can happen on, on a daily basis, really, uh, this is not what we need to focus on. Or we better f make sure that we don't focus on it. That we, that we focus on the spiritual blessings that are, are given to us, not just promised, but given to us if we if we really look and, and, and expect it, pray for it. And so, as we go on into, into the, the following verses, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in, in Christ. And so, the, I just want to stop here because there's too many verses that, that um, are hard to unpack. He has chosen us in him, in, in Jesus Christ, before the foundation of this world. Now, he's not talking about the predestination that so many people may read into this text and other texts here, uh, that, that he decided before he created time and space that uh, Sally and, and the Fritz, that they're, they're going to be the Christians, and I, I assigned it to them, and, and, and that's the way it is. I, I, quite honestly, I don't believe that. I think he has given us a free will, like he has given the free will to, to Adam and Eve, he has created them out of dust, not like animals, uh, no matter what other people say, but they, he created them, the two, for sure, out of dust, it says so, and he gave them a free will. And what did they do with the free will? Well, because they were created in the image of God, they, 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 they went for the lie from the devil, you will be like gods if you eat of the forbidden fruit. You will be like gods. And they went for it because we have a free will. Not like animals who go by instinct and they do things pretty much uh, according to what they're programmed to do. We have a free will and you can see that in, in <clears throat> the way our societies, our people just uh, function. We, we, we are explorers. We explore the universe. We, not that we would need to, uh, other than we can see the awesomeness of God, but it doesn't do any good to explore Mars or whatever. What, what, it doesn't help us with our problems right here, uh, but yet we do it because it's part of our, of our mindset that, we, that God has given us. We have a free will. We, we, we are called to make a choice. And the choice is, do we want to be spiritual or just born? 
as earthly beings and then close up our minds and just be ignorant about life. Yeah, so often in, in Scripture, where, in Scripture, in, in the culture of the, of the church, of Christianity uh, throughout ages, we are focused on, on sins, uh, plural, uh, and that's the, the big thing that we, we wrestle with it. And in a process, we may actually lose uh, uh, the focus uh, on what the sin is. There, is. there is one basic sin out of which come then a whole bunch of other sins, like we, start, we look back in, in Genesis, where Adam and Eve, they did what they were not supposed to do. The one thing they were not supposed to do is to be obedient to God and not do that. Everything else was, was possible, but they did it. And there was one sin, right? That was the sin, to, be, to want to be like God, to be free from God. That's what the sin is. That's all our sin. That's the sin we inherited because we want to be ourselves. We want to determine our destiny, and today we want to even be determined by what we decide to be in gender or whatever. Uh, it just shows you how far we have come. But when we all go back to the story there, what, what was the next sin? Murder. It, it progresses, sometimes slowly and sometimes very fast. And, and so, the other, yes, the sins that are spelled out over and over in, in the Old as well as the New Testament, they, they are, they're essentially the offshoot of the one sin that we all have right from the get-go, and, and that is we want to be like God. We, we want to be independent like him. And that's the one thing we, we, we cannot be because then we are in conflict with God. And that's not a good thing to be in conflict with God because we're going to be losers in the process. And so when I was you know, looking at considering about sin uh, in my life when I was a teenager, it wasn't that big a thing. Yes, there were sins there that, that were very small little things because we were very sheltered in a very small town. There was not much to do. Uh, and, and so that, that was not the, the, the big thing. And, and I wasn't, maybe I was just too immature and, and naive to, to think about heaven and hell that, that didn't really intrigue me all that much. But one thing that really, that really intrigued me is, what is the purpose of my life? What's the purpose? And, and, and I looked like a, a true descendant from Adam and Eve. I looked in all the places. I had awesome examples of where to go, but I looked in all the different places. And one, one area that really fascinated me was, was the, in, in the 40s and, and 50s and 60s, the, the existentialists that uh, formulated this, this well, it was always there, but they formulated in, 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 a, in, a, in a philosophy, existentialist philosophy, uh, especially in France. And, and I was fascinated how they sorted out life because they ask questions, honest questions. What's the purpose of life? And in, in, in many of their writings, they came to the conclusion there is no purpose. 
So we, we, just, we just become nihilistic uh, people and just enjoy a life that's all there is to it, and, and that's it. And when it's over, it's over. Uh, well, turns out, I mean, just found this out the, the last week or two, uh, that actually two of the most prominent ones, Jean-Paul Sartre and, and Camus, uh, they, they uh, came at the end of their lives to a different conclusion. They realized, well, if that's all there is, then life was not worth living. And looking back to their lives, they thought it was great, but when they were looking back, they realized it wasn't worth living. That there's got to be something else. And so God has created us with a free will to become spiritual people. And he's telling us this, those are the blessings that we, that we need to seize on, that we need to focus on. And it's not given to us just in, in, a, in a package and there we have it. And we, we, we just keep it. We actually have to work on it. We have to, we, we have to experience the Holy Spirit. And that, that should be my prayer. And it's, I confess, it's not every, every morning that I would experience the Holy Spirit in a supernatural way. Not, not miracles, per se, but make an experience with the Holy Spirit. Not uh, the way I determine, but something that's outside of me. And so that's what he's talking about, that he has predestined us, those who made that choice, the ones who make the choice, he has predestined to now live with that anticipation of having the Holy Spirit walk with us, point out where, where we are wrong, which is every day, and, and point out where, where we can show love. Because he, he says that, that we should uh, be holy without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. We adopted. We have to look at that. We are adopted into the, the kingdom of God with Christ as, as his children. In, uh, in, uh, in Romans 8, In, in verse, well, let's start with verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. I cannot put my mind around this, this sentence. Joint heirs, heirs with Christ. He is God. He's the creator of the universe, we, we read. He, he spoke time into being. He spoke space into being. And we're going to be joint heirs with him. This is, this is too amazing for me to, to, to grasp. But that's what he says. That's what the promises. Those are the, the spiritual uh, blessings that he promised. If we, if we continue in, in pursuing it to be spiritual. And it's to the praise and the glory of, of his grace where he has made us accepted. He has made us accepted in Christ. 
we didn't do it. We just accepted it. And we talked about last time, what you talked about it. It's, it's not, it's not a, a, you know, some people are, uh, I guess called, like the apostle we read in verse 1, he, he, by the will of God, he became an apostle. Well, maybe some, maybe some Christians have become Christians by the will of God, like predestined, if you want. Uh, but, but then again, the Apostle Paul, he was zealous for his faith, to defend the faith that he perceived the, that the Jewish faith was supposed to be. And he, he was very zealous, and God, God chose him because he knew he could see who he was going to be as the ambassador of the gospel. And so I, I still don't think he predestines something, but some, some people... Uh, just want to wait until something miraculous happens for them to, to come to Christ. But it's really a decision that we have to make. And if the only decision is to eliminate all the other things that we could do in our lives uh, that put meaning and purpose in our lives, there's a lot of them. We can look at all of these things that we could, that, that beautiful things, uh, like, like George Miller, we, I think we studied him at one time. You know, he, he was uh, told by his father to become a clergy in, in Germany, and, and uh, he just did it because of it. it was a good job to have, better than a, a smith or, or, or a plumber or whatever. Uh, that, was a, that was a good job. And so he, he studied that. Well, turns out... He, he, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit got a hold of him, and, and he, he, he was totally different. In, in his life, when he went to England, he, he built an amazing uh, legacy of praying for things, of miraculous things to happen when he built all his, his orphanages. And so, yeah, people make a choice. And God foreknows it, of course. He foreknows who, what is going to happen because he's outside of time. He's not in time like we are. He's outside. He foreknows these things. And so when it says he predestined us to the adoption of children, he foreordained those who make this choice. And so it's so easy. We just have to make this choice, to make the right choice. And then continue in that choice in whom we have redemption through his blood to for, for the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. Again, it's God's doing. He is creating something that will be absolutely awesome. And he invites us to be part of it, not, not as robots. He has given us a free will. We can be part of it or not. And if we, if we are part of it, we have those promises that we will be in, in, his, in his glory. We have no idea what that will be, but it's going to be absolutely amazing. 
having made known unto us the mysteries of his will. Now, the, the Apostle Paul uses this word mystery quite often. And uh, the mystery of his will in this particular case, I think, is what he experienced. He, he, both, he thought he understood what, what God was all about. Well, and, and then came Jesus, and, uh, and all of a sudden the Apostle Paul uh, got, got lost. He, he didn't understand what, what, what this was all about, so he, he persecuted the church. But then he understood the mystery when God declared it to him when he was in Damascus. What, what this was all about. The mystery of his will for us is to actually see that he is, he is preparing us for something, and it is through the Spirit, it becoming spiritual beings, living in, in, in the Spirit so that we, we are not beholden to these earthly things that so easily uh, focus us, you know, we, we start the morning with, with, with good intentions and, uh, and then this happens or that happens and all of a sudden we, are, we get all, uh, you know, we get white knuckles holding on to stuff that maybe we shouldn't hold on or, or try to steer or we shouldn't go uh, and, and rather than going back to, to plead with the Holy Spirit, show me the way. Reveal to me what, what this is all about. How, how do I fit into this? How do I actually make, make a, a, a profitable spiritual experience out of what, what I think is just an earthly uh, uh, problem that, that I'm dealing with? And, and so that, that happens to me all the time. But we are called to, to really focus on the spiritual life that is given to us He has made known to us the mystery of his will, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on the earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him, who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Now we can we go back to uh, Romans 8, where again, there, there is, you know, the people that with predestination, they, they, they go back there and, and find uh, in Romans 8 uh, the, the idea of predestination uh, that kind of relates to uh, in whom also we have obtained the inheritance, uh, meaning we are co-heirs with Christ, but being predestined according to the purpose of him who worked all things after the council of his own will, who work at all things in, in our lives. We say, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, them who are called according to his purpose. Uh, we, we just kind of mentioned quite often, uh, I think out of context, well, for whom he did foreknow, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Well, you read that verse, and you, you kind of you picture this, conform to the image of his son. What the image of his son on the cross? That's what the Apostle Paul is talking to in, in Philippians chapter 3. That's what he wanted to be. That's how we're going to be conformed. It's, it's not going to be this, this, this promise there that all things work for the good, maybe the physical good, the earthly good, uh, 
some of the good that comes is through pain and, and suffering, most likely, uh, most likely than not. And so th- that verse has to be, again, interpreted spiritually. It, it, the good that we, we get needs to be searched for and understood in, in a spiritual context. And then in verse 12, going over time, that we should be the, to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, with which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Which is the earnest of our inheritance, in other words, the Holy Spirit that we experience when we become Christians, which is promised. If we, if we don't take it at face value, I think then, then we never get electrified by it like the Apostle Paul and, and everybody else thereafter. We, we, we have to experience the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I confess, not often enough. It's supernatural. It, it, it's not something that coincidental that just happens. Good, good things happen sometimes. And we, we praise God for it, and that's good. But no, it's, it's, it's supernatural. And he says that, we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed means that he put his stamp on us through the Holy Spirit. Once we received the Holy Spirit, he kind of claimed us for himself. That doesn't mean we can't walk away. I think we, we know that's possible. We can, we can, we can refuse at, at any one point to, to continue to become spiritual beings. It's a progressive thing. It it doesn't start and then we're done. It's progressive until the last moment in in this life. We are progressing as long as God, you know, chips on us and forms us until we are exactly what he wants. But we are sealed. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to be afraid that it's going to come out right. We don't have to question, uh, am I going to be in heaven or not? No, that this, this is the, the promise we have if we make experiences with the Holy Spirit. Amen.